Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. Welcome back to another edition of Dirt to Dollars. It is the week of the 26th of March, so we are almost to the end, and it's Easter week for you guys. How are y'all? Good. How about you? Good. Hi. Just like this Friday is going to be. Yes, that's right. Good Friday. Yep. Yep. I got you. I got you. So how's everybody's week been? Are we doing, uh, we, we planting yet? What, what's, what's the word? It's been warm. So I'm wondering if there were doing. a few bean planters around here last week, but I mean, nothing significant. Just yeah. a everybody trying to test it out. Yep. <laughs> yep. But as we're recording this, my phone just buzzed and we're under a freeze warning. Yes. Yep. So what's that mean, Daniel? That means it's going to be colder than 13 <laughs> degrees. It's going to freeze. <laughs> <laughs> and I think means- for two two mornings, two mornings. Yeah, in a row. but one's yeah. a little less serious than the other. Yeah, I think it's Friday morning. One's that's like so 29, rough. and then yeah, Friday mornings one hard the big freeze. One, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so luckily, we're not that far into a growing season where I don't think right. it's going to have any massive impacts. You may notice some landscape plants mm-hmm. that you might want to throw a sheet over if you really care about them a whole lot but seems like this time of year spring freezes we always worry about the wheat crop and the wheat's yeah. really taking off but it's mm-hmm. really not to a yeah, stage to where it's going to be no. it'll, cold can it may it. turn a little color but i think it'll come out of it uh one thing i've gotten some phone well i say gotten a phone call is actually text message uh and that's can be a whole different subject to how we don't i don't i probably get as many text message questions as i do phone call questions oh, yeah, me anymore. too but me too anyway so uh it was about uh wondering about alfalfa mm-hmm. uh and i think that's probably one of those things that's kind of borderline it's probably yeah. not going to look real pretty friday afternoon it'll probably be drooped over and burn a little bit but i don't think it'll really hurt production it was just starting to green up and take off mm-hmm. will that will that knock back alfalfa weave a little bit no i didn't think so it may <laughs> even make it to where it that plant's a little more. more susceptible to damage. We ran into this a few years ago that we got some real cool weather after the weevils had started off. And I think everybody was under the assumption that it would slow the weevils down too. And all it Wrong. did was it slowed the alfalfa down and the weevils kept on going. So yeah. the okay. alfalfa couldn't recover from the weevil damage. But uh, I I did, I had one question to somebody asking, did they think we should cut it before this freeze this week? And I mean, there's not enough growth out there to even pay the fuel to to mm-hmm. go out and cut it. And the worst that can happen is it freezes back to the crown and regrows. Yeah. Uh, so you're really not out anything. So probably nothing to worry about. Daniel, what about some of the fruit trees? We worry about those in the spring. Are any of them blooming yet? No, they and even I don't I don't think any of them are blooming yet. But they, my pear tree still, out here is blooming, but I don't yeah, think it's they're gonna still, hurt it. They're still plenty of time for that i don't think there's any danger yeah and i don't Very like that i don't i think it's it's more if you went to a store and planted some planted flowers which because yeah. it was a lot it was really nice this last couple of weeks and i've seen a lot of people buying flowers i just hope they're keeping them in and up because they're going to waste their money this weekend if they don't cover them up so we're talking a little bit about spring and mm-hmm. some people have had some spring fever. Uh, one thing that comes up when we start getting spring fevers, we have to start moving our equipment up and down the roadways. Uh, coming up a little later in the show, we have a really, really good segment with public affairs officer with Kentucky State Police. Everybody be sure to hang around and catch that later in the show. You know what else is spring fever? is actually spring fever allergies yes everything is blooming and i don't know about you all but we are eating the claritin <laughs> uh I'm, i've been over i've been okay so far and i'll have my allergies will be awful in the next couple of days just as i said that <laughs> but my kids have been struggling yes. we've been to yeah. the doctor several times because mm-hmm. they ain't getting better and the medicine ain't working but it's just mm-hmm. i'm i'm kind of looking forward for this stuff to get bloomed and just start putting out leaves and well, I say that because I think it was it yesterday before we had the rain because we're we're actually recording this on Wednesday that and it's and it rained Tuesday night and I think that was like 
the worst day ever for everything was blooming and it was extremely high pollen counts for everything. Yeah. And the wind, I think the yes. wind, you know, blows the pollen. So it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was rough. It, it was rough, but you know, at least we don't have it as bad as that driver of the ever given. Oh my goodness gracious. So let's talk about that first. He was ever given her. <laughs> and he, he probably, probably won't be should forgiven. Have held, <laughs> probably should have held back a little bit. He gave her a little too hard. <laughs> He's probably fired. I believe he probably <laughs> doesn't say, have a job. Yeah. He probably that. had to meet with his bosses. Yeah. So, but with, with that being said, I mean, that really did kind of have an effect on things around the world. People don't realize that the Suez Canal is, is sort did of. It, yes I mean, no. I think, yeah. I, it, it was one of those things I think got blown out of proportion and uh, to begin with, it could have been a lot worse. That's what I said. It could have been, yeah. They were talking about it first, but it may be being stuck there for two or three weeks. And that's what I'm saying is they could have, it could have had detrimental effects. Thank goodness they did get it out. However, it could have been bad. Did y'all see the picture of, uh, with the caption on it about when like 10% of the world trade revolves around a guy running a clapped out Komatsu traco. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the most worn out traco you've ever seen in yes. your life digging the, the yeah. ship out. Yeah. yeah. Well, my kids are infatuated with it when we were, we saw it on the news or maybe my husband and I were talking about it. Cause you know, it, it was a popular topic for a few days and my kids are completely fascinated asking questions about it every day and they're like why why does it go up this canal and why is it so big and it was pretty 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 cool so do y'all know where the 100 feet it was like 100 feet that ship was 100 feet shorter than the empire state building that's what my kids said yeah that's when you think about that like stand that ship up Mm -hmm. that's 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 crazy but it's also crazy that there's a man-made canal that was made in the early 1900s that can hold a ship like that Yeah. yeah Well, apparently, well, I guess it's supposed like to hold a ship like that. I was gonna say it's pretty, uh, it's pretty thin, and you know that was we we got to learn a little bit about geography and a little bit about how things work. And he goes, "Well, why did it?" My son was like, "Well, I mean, how did he even get it stuck?" I said, "Well, it's texting supposedly wind." <laughs> yeah, I said he wasn't watching what he was doing. I said, "I think the wind took it too." I said, "That's a monster ship." I said, "And a little bit of wind or a little bit of change can really wreck it." So I saw, so, you know, most of these ships, like anything and like a lot of stuff in agriculture now are Mm -hmm. controlled by GPS, I think. Mm -hmm. I saw somebody said that he, he must've been on WAS instead of RTK or farmers (laughs) and get that joke, but (laughs) he had a little bit of drift. He didn't (laughs) pay his subscription. Nope. That's funny. (laughs) Do y'all know where the Suez Canal is? This is something we need to talk about. Yeah, because I, I do now. I didn't realize it you at didn't first. before, though, did you? No, I knew it was in the Middle East. I just didn't realize it was in Egypt. I thought South America. I did too. But Suez yeah. just does not sound Egyptian, but apparently it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to. I mean, I had to look up the story and see where it was because I didn't really know. It's pretty neat though to see the satellite images and stuff, and and actually see the canal itself. Once again, yeah. I did a lot of research on it over the weekend with the kids. They were real fascinated. Well, a while ago, we were talking about things freezing over. And speaking of things freezing over, actually, I like the Luke Bryan tweet. Oh, what is wrong with you, something's sir? Something's frozen over. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I didn't say I liked his music, but I said I liked a tweet. But we actually had some somewhat local flair. Um, Alex Miller, who's played at our farm to table dinner for a few years in a row in here in Hodgeville, mm-hmm. was uh, and plays at our. Um, at the jamboree uh, from time to time here in in, in LaRue County, but he was on American Idol. And of course he did, he got finally got kicked off, but uh, Luke Bryan offered him a a opportunity to play with him at Grand Ole Opry. And so I think for someone like Alex, I don't claim to like be as, you know, to know him real well, (laughs) but I would think that, that's probably like winning American Idol to that kid. Well, that that was my first thought thought when I saw that as well, was that uh, that was probably more important than winning American Idol to to an upcoming country music star mm-hmm. playing at the Grand Ole Opry is probably a bigger accomplishment than winning American Idol. Yeah. I'll, I'll go on and put that out. Yeah. There. And yeah. that's probably the first time I've watched American Idol since I don't even remember. I mean, it's been on for a long time, but I did watch yeah. it because of him. Yeah. And, I uh, couldn't, couldn't watch it. I just watched the clips on yeah, replay. But I will give him credit. He stuck to his guns and he stayed true to country. He did not. Mm-hmm. They were trying to get him to to go on and do something else. And I'm I'm pretty proud of him for sticking with it and 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 sticking to to true country music. 
because I think he his last song he played was a I think it was a Waylon Jennings song. Mm. And uh, um, but anyway, they were trying to get him to play pop music. Way to not be a sellout like Luke Bryan. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. But pretty cool for him. Yeah. Good luck to him. I'm sure he'll get as much press being on American Idol. You know, just being on it, I guess, is what I'm saying. He'll get enough. He'll get quite a bit, I'm sure. So, And maybe one of these days we can request Kale plays an Alex Miller song. Yeah, that would yeah. be fun. So there's a goal to work towards Alex. Yeah. Also related to freezing and growing seasons, I'm still team no mo. Me too. <laughs> no mo, no mo, no mo, no mo. <laughs> so my wife said end of last week, I think it was Friday night or something. We were looking at the yard and she said, we've got to mow this weekend. I said, absolutely not. Not until April 1st. My husband and I have been mowing. I don't care what it looks like. We're not mowing till April 1st. Yeah. He, in fact, he, he went and upgraded mowers yesterday. So he's, he thinks he's big stuff, you know, these days. No, he does. He's been mowing for two weeks and, and it was, it's commercial yards that need it. So it's not like he's going and, you know, asking people if they need it mowed, but they, if they call, he'll call, he'll go and mow. So this week he's trying to get everything done for the Easter weekend. So people can have that if they've been vaccinated and can get together, they're having their little um, get together. So he's making it nice. But by the time. Hey, he, I, no, no, no. You need to leave the yard unmowed. So you got somewhere to hide your Easter. Yeah. Egg. He is ruining true. the Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Now uh, he'll, when we get back from spring break, it, it'll be, it'll be high time to mow. I think everybody will be hitting it hard. Then you talk about allergies. If you're allergic to grass, that'll, that'll hit everybody hard then too. I do like the smell of it, though. I don't. I you don't like the smell like, of grass? I just don't really like anything about cutting grass. Me oh, I like the smell of grass. I don't like the you. smell of fresh cut I don't. Grass. I used to. I don't anymore. I just got better things well, to do. Well, like Terry Clark. Sorry about you. If um, the one thing I just want to say while we're talking about mowing, a mower is designed for one person. Don't have your kids yes. riding on the lawnmower with you. Yep. Yes. That's one of my pet peeves. Mm-hmm. I'll use this opportunity to just throw that out there people right leave kids inside they're mm-hmm. not meant to be riding on that lawnmower with you it's extremely dangerous mm-hmm. whether you think you're being careful or not anything can happen please please do that and this is also a good time to if you are not mowing yet it's a good time probably to do a little bit of mower maintenance i know uk used to have a big mower maintenance day and i don't think they've done it in the last year because of things going on but there are tools and there are publications and tips and videos that you can use that we have it through UK that if you've got questions about maintenance in your mower, changing spark plugs, things like that, it's, it's, we've got that for you too. So we're, we're getting ready to talk about some share the road things, Matt, don't you have a story about running farm equipment on the road you were going to share from a few weeks can ago? We talk about it. <laughs> is that one, is that one of those things that you can, uh, what's the thing where, where you can't be tried for something that happened in well, the past. I'm having you tell us. <laughs> I'm having you tell the story before we get the cop on. Yeah, I guess we can go on. We just don't bring it up when okay. you get on here. Okay. Okay. We bought a piece of equipment up, uh, kind of around Indianapolis, kind of northwest Indianapolis. It was cheap, so we thought, well, well, it's worth the trip. Mm-hmm. Went up and got it, and I did check the Indiana state regulations. And we were completely legal as long as we stayed on two-lane highways. Like everybody else, I was using my phone as GPS, and we're cutting through rural Indiana. All of a sudden, just long story short, I thought, well, we should be coming up, coming through Corden mm. soon. We were kind of coming through that way. And so dad, my dad was riding with me, and he's. I tell him, I said, pull your phone up. I don't want to mess my GPS up, and just see how far we are from Corden. He pulls his phone up and he gets this real weird look on his face. <laughs> he said, we're a mile from I-65 at Sellersburg, Indiana. So like right north of Louisville. So we finally find a spot we can get pulled over. Stop. How did you manage that? Well, yeah. So here's here's <laughs> the part where I may incriminate myself. <laughs> so when we were coming through Bloomington, Indiana. And we've... Uh-huh hauled some stuff through Bloomington before trying to stay off the interstate. And the only Mm -hmm. way to not get on the interstate and go through Bloomington, Indiana is to go through downtown Bloomington, Indiana. And it's extremely tight, no Mm -hmm. room at all. So we had a bypass 
we could jump on, I think it's I-69 or something for like two miles and take us around Bloomington, Indiana. And my thing was, if we got pulled over, I was just going to say, hey, listen, it was either be on here for two miles, be careful. I was over in the shoulder as much as I could, not hanging out. Mm -hmm. Or it was uh, go through the middle of Bloomington. Fun fact, we did have a Indiana State Trooper. It's, this always happens. Uh, the first exit ramp we passed or entrance ramp gets on right behind us, basically follows us the whole way and lets us go. I think he realized what we were doing and said, oh, they're all right. We're not going to yeah. worry about them. So I guess, long story short, when you're on your, your iPhone maps and you tell it to avoid the highways, the second you get on a high, on a highway, your iPhone says, hey, it's okay to get on highways now. We're going to take you to the highway. So it tried to oh. take us to 65 because it saved 10 minutes or something on the trip. Uh-oh. Anyway, we ended up, we were able to bypass, get around, not get on 65, not go through the middle of Louisville on 65, but we did have to have to get on 65 in a spot and pass the Kentucky State Trooper and he didn't bother us, but... Man, I think it's just how you drive because I've been I've rode with you before and you've missed you've missed turns and, and we ended up some places we weren't supposed to be. Yeah. So I think it's just <laughs> I think it's just you, buddy. I don't think it's your phone's fault. It may be. Maybe it's just poor navigators. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You may you good thing you weren't on that Suez Canal. Yeah, I would have probably banked it. All right. Well, I guess now that you told your story, uh, why don't you give our uh, guest an introduction? All right, so joining us now is Sergeant Jason Morris. He is with the Kentucky State Police uh, Public Affairs Division, uh, CVE West. Thanks for being on with us today, Sergeant Morris. Well, thank you all for having me. Uh, just real quick before we get started and get into uh, some some rules and regulations, I guess, just give us a, a real quick introduction of kind of how you got into the position you're in and, and what your position does and what you do for Kentucky State Police. Well, yes, sir. Uh, I've been policing for 18 years. Uh, 15 of those have been with, uh, was Kentucky Vehicle Enforcement. Of course, now we're with the Kentucky State Police uh, under the Commercial Vehicle Enforcement, and I'm out of the West Division. Uh, I do public affairs, so I'm doing trainings, teachings, any kind of public relations, and I cover the whole West. So I go essentially from Cincinnati to the Tennessee line all the way to Missouri. So I do have quite a large area that I cover currently, um, and I do any kind of training that is needed. If it's not something that we're familiar with, we will research it and just try to get as much information to try to help people. Uh, Because first and foremost, we want all motorists and all individuals to be as safe on the roadway. Uh, And that's what we're talking about today is share the road. So Uh, We do want those individuals to be as safe as we can on the road and just keep Kentucky safe. We have entirely too many collisions uh, and, of course, too many fatalities on the roadways as it is now. And then we just want most everyone to do their diligence and be safe, because if you're safe, then that hopefully rubs off on the next person and they'll be safe as well. And we can just keep Kentucky motoring keep everyone moving safely and get from point A to point B. And just real quick, just kind of out of curiosity more than anything, do you do any patrol now as part of your job or are you, are you strictly public affairs and training? I am back on the road now um, due to some retirements. Okay. Uh, I am okay. now uh, cover Bowling Green Post and Columbia Post. So I actually have units under me and cover the Simpson County Wave Facility. Uh, so, and do my public affairs. So, uh, busy I do man. Have a little busy schedule right now. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, getting straight into it. Uh, you know, we're coming up on planning time and and busy springtime. Uh, Going to be a lot of equipment moving down the roads. Can you just kind of give some, just a, I guess a thousand foot up in the air view of some of the the regulations as far as moving oversized farm equipment and when we're moving this equipment down the road this spring. Absolutely. Uh, Farmers, of course, on all roadways, all roadways are sized differently depending on the class of road that it is. If you get on your AAA highways or your bigger roads, uh, for instance, around LaRue County, you've got 61 Lincoln Parkway, 210. Uh, Those roadways are your larger roads. Uh, You get on 84, um, get on some of your smaller roads, they are a little narrower. And you can tell, especially when you get into shoulders, you see that there's Mm -hmm. no shoulders or you might have just one tire width 
of a shoulder. So it, it really breaks down. And another thing is the base of the road. Uh, when we get into talking about class of roads, we're really talking about the base of the roadway. So if you've ever driven onto a road and you just see this roadway destroyed, that's typically because it's an underclassed road and it can't handle the weight of grain trucks, log trucks, big pieces of equipment, your normal tractor trailers that are traveling on and off of that roadway. And what you'll find is that road just gets destroyed. And of course your fiscal cords, they're already strapped as it is and repairing those roads can be a headache. And in turn, it does sometimes cause damage to your equipment in turn. So um, it is something that we really look at. And with this time of year, all of your big equipment's coming out. Um, as a farmer, you do get a little wider. So you get up to 12 feet before technically you're required to have any kind of escorts any kind of flagging, uh, any lighting signage, or anything else with the overweight, overdimensional side, uh, you do get that exemption uh, as opposed to what the 10-6 was with everyone else. Just real quick before we move on from that, is there any kind of a, I guess, a, a grace period or whatever with that as far as 12 feet? If you're 12-1, do you automatically get thrown into that or – how, how important is it to go out there and take a tape measure and make sure you're strictly it's under 12 feet? Uh, and I'll use the example. You take a trailer that's a drop deck trailer and you put your piece of equipment on and this piece of equipment's got a ripper on it or it's got something that's really sharp on that edge. One inch can mean the difference between life or death. Uh, if you hit somebody and it's already overhanging your trailer because your average trailer is eight feet, six inches, mm -hmm. 102 inches wide. Some are narrower down to 96. So when you're talking 12 feet wide, you know, you're at least two feet over each side. And when you start looking at lane width, that two feet can mean you're grace, you know, just actually grazing somebody's car or you have actually entered onto that driver's side seat. Those are the things that you're getting into with that. So it does make a difference. And we are sticklers on the overdimensional uh, because we do want that to be safer. We don't want someone to get caught up in a collision to where just a simple tape measure could have made the difference, especially if it's at nighttime where that wide section is supposed to have a light on it or even during the day, because guys, you all know, everybody is so busy we are so distracted with just the radio, with your cell phones, everything else, and you're not paying attention to this move that's coming down the roadway. And here this section is sitting out and you're already hugging the yellow line and you're texting on your phone. And so you drift. Are you going to get into it or not? And that's something that if you can take your time and again, guys, everything that we do should be a planned move. I know some things happen. I understand that spontaneous moves do occur, but on average, we all kind of try to plan out our weeks. We try to plan out the month, what we want to do. Of course, mother nature does play a big part in that. I know, but again, we still, we, we want to make sure that we do things right. Um, because your equipment, number one is very costly. Uh, if you had to replace that equipment today, how much is that going to set you back? How much, how hard is that going to put your year? And then when you bring in litigation on top of it, because everybody sees the billboards right? and what's on that billboard right now. A lot of them, there's one in Hodgenville, got a big truck with the hammer on it. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Well, you fall into that category. Well, on that note, I know that, especially with implement, we have a lot of, we're supposed to have a flagger. And I guess one of the questions that I have is what is the, what's the law for KSP on flaggers? Do you have to have one in front and behind or just one in front when you're, you know, moving implement from one place to the other? If you are on a two lane road, anything 12 feet or more, you have to have the front. Once you hit 14 feet, now you have to have a front and a rear. If you okay. are on a four lane road, such as Lincoln Parkway mm -hmm. at 12 feet, you have to have that rear. And then if you're mm -hmm. at 14 or more, then you've got to have front and rear. And those okay. escort vehicles have to have certain things on those. They do have to have a yellow flashing or oscillating light on top. The four way flashers doesn't work. Or yeah, I know you all have seen it. You got your guy riding down the road with a red flag, hanging <laughs> a red handkerchief 
Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Slow down. Yeah, that doesn't work. Uh, they do have to have oversized load on the banner that is yellow with black lettering. It has to be six to eight feet in length and 18 inches high. So those are some things. And they must have radio contact with mm -hmm. the convoy. They have to have that as well. Does, does, does that mean cell phone or is that like CB now, radio? They does it matter? Utilize a cell phone. However, okay. in your commercial truck, if you are, let's say you're actually towing this equipment, you're not just driving it. Uh -huh. That truck driver is restricted with having that cell phone in his hand. So if he okay. is utilizing hands-free option, he is fine. Uh, CB radios, okay. of course, are fine. Two-way radios are fine. Uh, but if you do choose to use the cell phone, that option of hands-free must be in place we're talking a lot about some of maybe some of our bigger farmers but i'll take a second and maybe ask a question that would be pertinent to some of our maybe smaller farmers that we have that may be out on the roads going from field to field on a tractor um what are what are some things for slow moving vehicles like that is is uh is having somebody like with flashers on in front or behind that recommended or or required or anything Yes. So anything that is incapable, not able to run more than 25 miles per hour is into that slow moving category. They have to have the slow moving orange and red triangle on the rear. Um, if you are on a two lane road, they, of course, they have just as much right to that road as you do. And they are able to use that. Um, if you are over 25, which is a lot of your larger tractors, some of the newer right. ones that are capable of running those speeds. Now, they are required to have lighting just like a passenger car brake lights, turn signals, parking lights, headlights, and so forth. Um, they are required to utilize those as well. When you get into needing escorts, that is when you get onto a four-lane road. So Lincoln Parkway, say somebody comes off of 210 mm -hmm. and they're needing to go on up to, what is it, 84 there and make a left, uh, you would have to have a rear escort if they are not capable of traveling 45 miles per hour to the rear. And we actually had an incident in Bowling Green where an individual struck the rear of a tractor that was incapable of traveling 45 and there was no escort. Mm. So it does come into play that that escort has to be to the rear. Yeah. Well, and I guess in yes, a lot of those sir. situations, there's cars driving really fast on those roads and that's, um, uh, I've noticed, yeah. there are, I've seen it before. It's, I think it's very important to have somebody behind you. Right. And when you, when you start getting into closure rates and again, I go back to the, to the distracted drivers, uh, you know, you're coming up on this piece of equipment that's taking up all of the lane, maybe just a little more. And you think, oh, I can just swerve into the next lane. Well, before you know it, you're on top of them. And here you are operating your piece of equipment, moving from field to field. And you're worrying about getting to that next field. You're not watching what's behind you. And then all of a sudden now you've been involved in a collision. Hopefully no one is injured and now you've lost equipment, lost a day down. And again, hopefully everyone was safe in the outcome. You know, we talk about sharing the road and it goes both ways. A lot of these slow moving tractors or vehicles, you see there's a line of cars behind them. Mm -hmm. And there's always that one person that's in a huge hurry and thinks they need to pass all seven vehicles and the tractor and may not know that that tractor is getting ready to make a left turn. Um, I've, I've heard, heard and seen of this happening multiple times and know that it's a very dangerous situation. So just a reminder for you, uh, you know, if you're if you're behind these vehicles, just they're trying to get to where they're going and hopefully they may pull over and let you pass if they can. Yeah, and this is maybe the plug right. where we say farmers, if you can, if there's a spot you can yes. pull over and let them by, yes. do that and wave at them. <laughs> I think it'll remember the, mm -hmm. the roadway is meant for yeah. all. So farmers, yeah. you are just as entitled to your lane just as much as the other motorist is to that lane. Uh, but just again, it, it's a courtesy thing. There's nothing in law. Uh, the only place right. you can't put that is on an interstate system or parkway. Uh, but as long as it's uh, your average roadway, you're allowed to be there. But again, it's a courtesy thing. Just if you see a, a line of cars behind you, uh, you can be causing more of a danger with those individuals trying to pass because again, people are impatient and they wish to get around. And so they may pass you and they may pass the nine other cars in the tractor in front of right. you in a blind curve and it just creates such a dangerous hazardous situation 
that if you've got that chance to pull over, yeah. just slide over, let them go by. Yeah, go. so I farm on a lake route, so we know know all oh, about long and, long oh, yes. lines behind yeah, I was gonna farm say, equipment when we're moving it, and, and very impatient yeah, try people. Yeah, farming on You don't get in between somebody and their lake weekend. The lake, so. yeah, it's, it's, no, it's no fun. Oh, yes. I, most of my farmers, of course, I, of course, working in Grayson County, I've got both lakes that I deal with, and so most of my farmers are pretty good, but, and, and they have pretty well know where they can pull out and pull in and, and let people go around. So that's another good thing. So just jumping real quick, uh, want to go back to escorts, uh, escort vehicles. Are those vehicles allowed to be towing anything like a, a header if they're flagging for a combine or like a seed tender if they're flagging for a, a for a planter in the spring? Yes, uh, that was one of the changes that did come about, uh, I believe, 2016. Maybe it's when they made that change, uh, but it did. It made it to where now that escort vehicle can also be a towing vehicle. So you can pull that head cart. Um, if it's your tractor pulling a green buggy and you've got a combine behind you and then the back escort, because you're so wide, is your truck pulling the header cart, you're perfectly fine. But now just remember that all okay. of those escort requirements still do have to be in place. You still have to right. meet those. But, yes, you absolutely can be that escort vehicle now it doesn't have to be your pickup truck just stand alone now you can you can do multiple purposes with that piece of equipment but i i would assume that whatever they're pulling needs to be under that 12 oh, yes. foot width would uh, that you be still correct? would need to yeah. be within that um if you are of course then you've got to take into account that you are now no longer that escort vehicle that puts you into the right. you're actually now the over with component and something we discussed a moment ago remember that if you are that escort vehicle and i know with kentucky and our blind hills blind curves offsetting driveways and so forth just remember you cannot block the highway um, you can pull up and request people to stop however they don't have to that would be a courteous thing on their part and to allow you to make that move so I know it is dangerous. Some fields, you know, the gates are right on the white line in some instances. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have that grace area to just be able to pull in to get off the roadway. So again, that comes into your pre-planning. Uh, know the time of day that these are busy. You know, if it's seven o'clock in the morning, 7.30, school buses are out. You know, school traffic. If it's between 11 and one, it's the lunch rush. You know that. Uh, make those moves when you know there's that minimal traffic. Um, and something we, we look at is uh, middle of the night. You know, I know it kind of breaks your sleep schedule up, but two or three o'clock in the morning, there's very minimal traffic and you look like a UFO coming down the roadway. So there is no way nobody can say we didn't see. Him. <laughs> An unidentified yeah. farming object, exactly. right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, sir. And that's something that we've kind of figured out the last few years on our farm is that if we finish up at a farm at 10 30 11 o'clock go on and move that night and it's well we encounter a whole lot less traffic and what you see will usually go on and pull all the way off the road right. and let you through right. and stop. So, yep it's a much less stressful yes sir. that's what I've, I've always heard that too let's talk real quick about uh we talked a little bit about trailering equipment uh we've talked on this show about the used equipment market has been really hot this winter and spring so we know a lot of people are trying to get pieces of equipment home uh what changes as far as if you're going to get a piece of equipment with your own truck and trailer uh, about hauling okay so home? the map 21 moving ahead for the progress of the 21st century came out in 2012 what that did is that made a big change for the farmers. Instead of just used to, you could only operate within the state that you were registered. Now it allows you, especially with where we're at, I mean, technically everyone that we're talking to here with just a short piece, you're in another state. It doesn't take long. Yeah. You're in Tennessee or Indiana or Illinois. Uh, so it mm -hmm. really messes with your north to south movement. And if you've got a piece of equipment just into Tennessee, used to, you could not do that. Map 21 came about and made it to where that that is now you are capable of doing that. And what it does is it gives you a 150 air mile radius around your farm. So as long as you're within Kentucky, you're fine. You can traverse all that you want. But once you exit the state, that location 
that you're going to has to be within the 150 air mile radius of your farm. As long as you're within that, you're just able to operate with your farm plate just as you would in Kentucky. You do get that same grace. Now, once you cross outside of 150 air miles, depending on the equipment you're using, you could be subject just like any other truck and tractor, truck and trailer. So if you're running, let's say you've got a 2005 Peterbilt and a low boy and you're going to get a disc and you take off and you're wanting to go to Oklahoma and pick it up. Once you've crossed outside that 150, now you're required to have a CDL, a medical card, log book, uh, drug and alcohol testing. There are several things that you throw yourself into. And what I tell guys is you might really want to ask, what is it going to cost me to bring this in versus what's it going to cost me to get my CDL or what's it going to cost me to for fuel to send my driver out there to get trip permits? What's it going to cost for that? By the end of the time, there's not much cost difference. And a lot of guys are actually having stuff sent in. So if you do go into another state like that and they have their own set of farm exemptions, like uh, uh, we bought a piece of equipment a while back that was in Indiana uh, and we looked up and they had a, or maybe I should say a friend until you give me, give me the correct answer so I don't incriminate myself here. But, but anyway, so, so we looked up and Indiana has a set of farm exemptions as far as needing a permit and whatnot or do you fall under that state's exemptions or is that only usually for that state's agriculture producers or how does that usually what work? you fall under is of course you're domiciled out of kentucky so when it comes to certain things such as fuel taxes all of the surrounding states with the exception of illinois honors kentucky's fuel tax so if you go to indiana you would not be required to get any kind of a fuel tax because they honor Kentucky as we honor them. Okay. There are things within their regulations that, yes, once you are in their state, you do fall under their guidelines. And if they honor Kentucky's farm exemptions, then that is even better. Some states will. Some states, such as Illinois, if you cross into Illinois with a Kentucky farm plate, the 38000 on your pickup truck going to Walmart for groceries, they're going to stop you and nail you with a thousand dollar if to find. Yeah, I've always heard that's like wearing a target on your back in hey, Illinois. So we've tried to stay out of Illinois in the past. I know several <laughs> of the troopers in the southern part, and they absolutely look for it because it's revenue. It's a revenue yeah. generator for them. And yeah. So. Well, and I knew a lot of farmers when I in my previous county. It was uh, along the river, and I had several yes. farmers that were that farmed on both sides of the river and that was before this map law so it was it was a little treacherous there for a little while but i think there's that's gotten a lot better which is good because right. you know it, they were just crossing the bridge essentially and they had to go get a whole new set of things it did map 21 really made a major difference uh in the farming community as far as when it comes to federal motor carrier regulations and essentially yes you do have the federal regulations that are in place mm -hmm. but you've also got all the states that do their own thing right so. uh while we're on the the trucking subject uh i know we talked about roads getting beat up earlier from semi-traffic and whatnot uh you know we're not really in grain hauling well we are in grain hauling time now because a lot of people are hauling to market trying to get bins cleaned out right uh what are some exemptions that farmers get running running those farm limited plates uh that a commercial a regular commercial trucker wouldn't have. Okay. So with that, if you are operating on that Kentucky farm limited plate and you are utilizing it for your farm and the driver is a farm hand operating under you, all he is required is just a driver's license. He does not have to have that CDL in place. You just have to have the truck registration in the vehicle and a valid proof of insurance. Those would be the only things that will be required documentation wise. Of course, now you're going to have to have a fire extinguisher and safety triangles. You are going to have to have your truck lettered with the farm name and the letters USDOT and that number on the outside. Uh, then when it comes to weight now with Kentucky dependent on the commodity, you are allowed a 10% exemption over what your tag weight is. So if you have an 80,000 plate, 
you are allowed to be up to 88,000. Now that is a tolerance. <laughs> that doesn't mean let's run 87,999 every chance we get. That just means, oops, we went a little over on this run. We're fine. But on the interstates, I-65, 64, 75, 60, what is it, 24 out west, 71, those you do not get that exemption. Once you hit that I road, you fall back to 80,000 and you have to axle your axles out. You actually have to oh. scale the axles. So you're only allowed 12, 34, and 34. And that's something really important for our local people to remember because we have a lot of a lot of corn that goes to south union down south of bowling green that right. and a lot of the feed mills kind of in the bowling green area so right. we've got a lot of grain being right. being hauled on 65. now i do want to throw this caveat in there when i say i roads now the new i-69 uh the proposed mm -hmm. i-66 uh the western kentucky parkway mm -hmm. of course natures the i-60 i-165 Mm -hmm. Those are still classified okay. as parkways. Okay. So you get the exemption on those. So going roads. to Owensboro, you're good if you get on 65. Going to yeah. Owensboro, you are fine yeah. as long as you're not traversing I-65. Correct. Huh, now, okay. one of the things that I want to caution on, when you load your load, if you are traveling once you've left your farm and once you hit what we call a Class 3A road. So I'm going to use uh, where Whitney is out of. And let's say you get over on to 259 in Litchfield, around the bypass okay. there. Mm -hmm. All right. That is a 3A highway. Okay. You cannot go onto a smaller road using it as a cut through just because it's closer. Gotcha. So if you were wanting to go down south, you could not run 88 mm -hmm. to go down south. You would have to okay. go on over to Morgantown and come down or you would have to go on down to the nature and okay. come on down so you cannot use those rows as cut throughs okay. if it is a part of your direct route where you are loading or unloading you are fine but again if you just use that because it's four miles closer you cannot didn't realize that okay. that's good to know that that's yes. good to know yeah i bet a lot of farmers probably don't realize that either they don't they don't um and that's something that if we find them on that road, of course, uh, a single A highway, just to give you some numbers, a single A highway is 44,000 pounds. Okay. A 2A is 62 and a triple A is 80,000. Okay. So if I caught you on a single A, not on one that you are, that you have to be on, if you're using it as a cut through, even though you get up to 88,000, that road base is a 44. It's and so yeah. if you're at 87,000, good to know. That's a big overweight ticket. Mm -hmm. So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's good information. Well, that's my dad runs a grain cart for me in the fall. And sometimes he's a little slow on getting that gate shut off. So I think that tolerance is maybe written for him. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I think that pretty well wraps up all the time we have today. We really appreciate you coming on here today, Sergeant Morris. We've really enjoyed talking with you. And, and I know I've learned some yeah. things. And, and I've heard you speak at the, yes. share, the share the Road events a couple of different times and still seem to have picked some stuff up in our conversation today. So thanks again for coming yeah, on with us. Thanks. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. That was a really good conversation with uh, Sergeant Morris. I think there was a lot of good information that I learned, even like you said, sitting through these meetings, we've learned a lot, but you can always still take something else from talking one-on-one -on -one with them. So I appreciate his time. Man, it's good. Good thing we we talked about that story of yours before we had him on. Yeah, he he seemed pretty cool though. Yeah, I, think I think he'd he'd right. let me go. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a had a big report come out while we were chatting with Sergeant Morris. There, we probably need to talk about that a little bit. It was the first real planning and look at planning intentions that we've had this spring. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the, the quarterly planning intentions report that came out from USDA. Actually, first looks, it looks kind of bullish. So it's higher numbers than last year, but I think everybody was expecting that. Mm -hmm. The trade was just guessing at a lot higher numbers than last year, and it really probably wasn't up to their expectations. 
corn came in at 91.144 million acres. Trade average guess was 93.2. They were a little off, weren't they? Just a little <laughs> bit. Ag Outlook Forum that happens every winter uh, with USDA, they give just some rough numbers of what they're looking at for the next cropping year. That number was 92 million, so they actually lowered their number from the Ag Outlook Forum. Uh, and then last year we had 90.819 million, so a few hundred thousand acres more than than was planted last year, uh, but not quite as big of a crop as they thought. Uh, moving over into soybean numbers, that number came in at 87.6 million acres. Uh, the trade was guessing 89.996, so basically 90 million acres. So that was about two and a half million off what the trade thought. Ag Outlook Forum, Forum was at 90 million acres. So again, about two yeah. and a half million lower than what they had thought uh just reference last year we planted 83 million acres so still you know that's 83 to 90 four and a half uh, roughly five million acres more than we planted last year uh but several acres less than than what we thought were going to be intended to plant this coming year and and i i mean you can look at that that's probably in line i think everybody's just been used to USDA coming out with some crazy high numbers and throwing everybody off that that's right. what they thought but you know realistically where were the acres going to come from if you got much higher than that I mean, I, I don't know of a lot of acres just sitting idle anywhere have, mm -hmm. have you all seen anything no haven't with some of the the policies and and stuff it's not going to come out of CRP there's mm -hmm. not really any other crops it can pull out of because all commodity prices are high right now so right. probably a pretty friendly report so you think you think the beef council is listening? Why? Uh, Remember we were talking about our beef song? Uh-huh. I said I was gonna debut it this week. Oh, you are? Oh yeah. What is it? Hit it. I gotta sing I gotta sing it. Oh. Okay, uh, let, let's give everybody so, a warning. And <clears throat> so yeah, go on and turn your radios down now if you don't want your ears to hurt. So mm -hmm. Well, you know, we talked about this. This is a marketing opportunity. Yeah. Okay. You know, they said that they paid a lot of money for this, you know, the the beef is what's for dinner song. So thinking hey maybe okay. we can we can we can get in on this so y'all remember cletus t judd yes yeah. i was all about some cletus t um, <laughs> wow that's a skull. blast from the past oh yes. i know the words for skull better than sold <laughs> if you if you know yes. you know all right yes it's kind of a cletus t style okay so i took clay walker right uh-huh if i can make a living yes all right are you ready yeah i can't sing but i'm gonna sing it okay if I could make a living out of eating beef, I'd be a millionaire in about a week. <laughs> I'd be eating what I love and loving what I eat. If I could make a living out of eating beef. I love it. Put that down on some music and we're going to make millions. I love it. There's, I love it. That's there's great. your applause. I'm going to keep working on it. I think I can find. I think you got a good song. I think I can find some more. Actually, I think we could come up with like four or five 90s tracks uh -huh. that we redo for beef. And and make a, just a commercial out of it of all of our different '90s country songs that we oh yeah make for beef. That's a I like it. Sorry, that, I had to no, get that I mean that, that's good. It, maybe maybe Nathan's listening to us so we can yeah he can ca call we us. He can yep. We can talk. We can talk about you it. Know where we're at, Nathan. All right, back on. Hang on, back on. Cut your music real quick. Um, so do we, do we need to pick a song for this week's yeah. show? We okay. do. And I, I have it. it. Like, I, I have it. What, wait, I've okay. got it. What is it? What, what is your, um, what's your song? Junior Brown Highway See, Patrol. You want to know what song I was thinking of? What were you thinking of? Eastbound and Down. Oh, either yeah. one. I was thinking, I like Eastbound and Down. We'll let Kale pick. Yeah. Unless Whitney has Well, and I can't here. think of the name of the, gosh, for the life of me. It talks about. Being in the bed of the pickup truck, it's a 90s song, and I can't think of who uh, says it. I know what you're talking uh -huh. about. It's like half of the country music. Well, <laughs> I know, but you know what I'm saying? They're, they're cha basically- Too much run, fun. Too mu yes, too much fun. What's there that you mean? Go. Yeah. That's, yes. Daryl, is it Daryl Singletary? Singletary. Yep. Yeah, Daryl Singletary, yeah. I would say Kale would have all three uh -huh. of those. We'll just let him pick. I'll go ahead and do a real quick plug for the show. It, remember, if you want to listen to our podcast, you can Google Dirt to Dollars Podcast. Mm -hmm. And it'll come up with the, the different areas that you can listen to that, however, you know, whichever you prefer. But have you ever Googled your name? Mm. Yeah. 
there's a Matt Adams that played for, I think, the Atlanta Braves. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you would like to find us, if you Google our names, make sure you put like extension after or um, <laughs> because it's not Whitney. Yours actually comes Mine up. Pretty does, quick. You're yeah. like you're like two or three down. But if you Google my name or Matt Adams name with no other with no other guidelines, you're going to find some criminals. <laughs> yeah. it's either criminals or, or athletes that have our same names, because there's a Daniel Carpenter that was a kicker for the Dolphins. Yes. And uh, I always drafted him on my fantasy football team because, you know, yeah, like the kicker name. position doesn't really mean a whole lot. I mean, like I guess I did, I'm. When I, I guess I'm not the most famous Matt Adams and Daniel's not the most famous Daniel Carpenter. Yeah. And like, if you look up images, like it's, it looks like a, a just a, a library of mug shots <laughs> and luckily, and I'm not in them. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are I'm yours. On, I'm on down. I'm <laughs> but it's, it's my professional, it's my professional shot. So yeah, just, uh, but you know what you will find if you Google Dirk Dollars podcast, you will find Dirk Dollars podcast. Yes. So yes, you will. You will not find mug shots. <laughs> Do you guys have anything coming up since we're about to close out? Is there any programs you all are wanting to or are planning here in the next? We weeks? do. All right. What's that? So Daniel and I have the, didn't we decide we were calling it the Lincoln trail fencing school? I think we can trail on the show. Day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, be here at the Hardin County extension office, April the 14th, um, beginning at four, four o'clock, four o'clock, yes. four o'clock on the dot call in to, to either office to sign up for that. You do need to call in and sign up. Please don't just show up because mm-hmm. we have to be able to keep our numbers in check yeah. here. Uh, but yeah, so we're excited to do the first kind of outdoor field day kind of deal that we've done in over a year. And yours is yours Come is on the same down. week. Mine's the twenty fourth. And I'll also plug if any Larue County uh, farmers market vendors, if you're growing vegetables and or if you have if you're selling meat off the farm and you're interested in. Uh, uh, selling at this year's farmer's market and, and possibly taking uh, senior farmer's market vouchers. We've got a meeting on Thursday, April the 8th at 530 at the LaRue County Extension Office. We really try to make that meeting if you're interested in being a vendor this year. Uh, if you can't make it, I need to know as soon as possible uh, so we can get you trained for the vouchers if you'd like to take those. All right. Well, I think that pretty well wraps it up for the week. Yeah. And y'all have a, have a happy Easter. Yeah, you too. Yep. All right. See you next week. See you.